What's up, everybody? Welcome back to World on Drugs. I'm your host, Steve Fury, baby. That's me. We got a great episode this week. But Steve, you always say it's great. Um, this one actually was pretty fucking good. Some of these haven't been great, but some of them have been really good. And I think this one is on the latter, the latter to stardom. This week we have Asan Ahmad, one of my good buds, comedy store brethren. Um, we have a really great time, and honestly, we have a lot of great chemistry. Known this guy for a while. This week's episode is a Robin Fitch McCullough. Might be one of his last. Haven't heard back from old Robin in a while. So I'm trying to get some new researchers. Got got some cool episodes coming up, folks. Uh, good news, big news, bit of bang, bang, bang. We're moving into the Comedy Store Studios, finally. This will be hopefully one of the last episodes I record here for at least a while. Um, will definitely might be the last episode I record in the studio studio because I am moving to a new apartment with my girlfriend. We will have two bedrooms there. So um, one of those bedrooms we're going to turn into a podcast studio, so I'll do some stuff there. But a lot of these are now going to be recorded at the Comedy Store. So that's going to mean I can, you know, get better guests. Don't really want... Huge guests coming into my studio studio. I mean, I think we have some pretty good guests already. Um, yeah, so this episode was really great. It's all about the Krasnodar cannibals. Going back to some serial killers. But Steve, this is supposed to be about warlords and drug dealers. I know. Uh, we got a guy, Prince Musa, we just looked up. Um, he is a Bangladeshi. Come on, Pally, chill. That's my cat. You guys know who it is. She is the co-host of this podcast, and she is very clingy. Um, we have this guy coming up named Prince Musa. This is the one I wanted to do with the Sonamon because uh, I asked if it was racist, folks. I did. I asked if I'm lining up people according to maybe they have more information on stuff like Asan is Bangladeshi. So we had this crazy um, Bangladeshi warlord that I got a paper about, but didn't finish it in time. So... We brought the Krasnodar cannibals. What can we say about these guys? Um, if you enjoy, if you want to know the reasons why we all found um, lunch ladies and janitors to be creepy, um, why you don't go drinking with um, strangers in abandoned households, and, um, and maybe if you're going to eat and kill human beings, maybe don't take a picture of a severed hand in your mouth and leave it at the scene of the crime. Maybe don't. Maybe don't do that one. Um, we can find out uh, also why Russian cops are so fucking bad at their job. And we found the answer to that. And it's because being a serial killer is a very capitalist Western society way of looking the world. So like communists and Lenin and all those bumfuck guys, uh, they don't really believe in serial killers. So the government actively tries to pretend they don't exist. Psst, they do. They do. This, uh, this uh, episode is a little negative towards Russian people because, uh, if you know me, just, you know, I tend to be a little negative against Russian people. I don't know. They've screwed me over multiple times in my life. Oh, uh, Steve, how many times have Russians screwed you over in your life? Well, one, I uh, bought a car from one. Um, was My dad bought me a car, actually. It was a sick Honda Accord, like an 05, but I got it like in... 2012 so to me at that point you know this is a fucking Benz baby I was so stoked we got it drove it around signed the papers uh, immediately took a shit seven-year-old cars transmission took a shit so my guessing was uh, those pieces of shit not all Russians just these guys who were about as Russian as they could possibly look new oh Steve but that's just one incident but that's not everybody well when I used to sell drugs they would sell me fake pills all the time 
and then I would bring them to other people. And a lot of times the people would be like, hey, here's a lot of money. I would take that allotment or in theory someone would not me someone else would take that allotment of money then i would go buy the pills from my connect then i would skim my part off the top and give it back problem is when you do that all the uh all the pressure's on you if you fuck up and that's kind of what would always happen when you dealt with russians because then i would buy an allotment of pills and then i'd bring them back to my guy and my guy would be like hey these are fake and then i'd be like oh okay i'll go back to the russians they'll probably be cool Psych, never to see those people again. Their phones are already off. So, you know, just some stuff I did. And uh, these guys are creeps. That was probably going to get me in trouble being anti-Russian. But I feel like that's the one thing you can be in this country is anti-Russian. Luckily, my girlfriend is uh, learning Duolingo. She's almost at the end. It's Russian. I'm like, cool, babe. That's a fucking useless thing to know. What, where, where, where are we going to do that? We're going to go buy some fucking goulash from a babushka? What are you talking about here? Hassan Ahmad is our guest. Uh, me and Hassan have some great chemistry, probably because he's on a podcast a lot like this, or used to be called Spoil the Beans with a buddy of mine named Derek Poston. Um, that one's a good one. It's essentially like this podcast, except they do movies. So Derek watches a movie, writes a research paper, tells it to Hassan. Now Hassan's not on that podcast anymore. It's Derek's girlfriend. But Hassan knows the beats, and this one was really great. How do I know Hassan? Well, it's another store guy, baby comedy store guy he was a door guy uh when i started he might have been before me or right around me he's in the same class as me um we became friends there we were lot guys uh lot guys are a different breed of store um door guy yeah i'm paid regular now not a door guy good to see you guys um lot guys uh we park people's cars and i know you're thinking that's easy to do if you ever go to the comedy store the lot is very 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 small and you're parking cars worth you know some people have shitty cars, but more often they're about a hundred to like five hundred thousand dollar cars. You know, Russell Peters comes in with multiple Lamborghinis, stuff like that. And then you're also parking your idols' cars and um, people that you look up to, and uh, people that you want to help you, and people that are going to tip you. So you really don't want to fuck up these cars. So there's a lot of pressure. You know, as your door guy in the other rooms, there's no pressure. This one, don't fuck up someone's car because they may hate you forever. Don't. Do anything like that because you may fuck up big time. And so that's uh, the info of that one. So we'd become door guys, hang out all the time there, riff and talk. Since the pandemic, he moved home uh, into the Bay. Well, he just moved to the Bay Area. He's one of the people who left uh, L.A. Uh, he was up there. TikTok blew up. Check out his TikTok. Um, and then he moved to Austin with a bunch of my other friends like Derek and uh, those guys. So me and Hassan were friends. It was just kind of different uh, Groups of friends, you know, in a friend group. He was kind of in Derek's group. I had me and Hormos and different guys like that. But he's a great guy, very funny. Um, if you want to see him, he travels a lot. You know, he's definitely anywhere in Texas or in the Bay Area. I had him open up for me for a weekend at the uh, Laughs and Limited in Sacramento. So I think that might have been my last weekend I did there in the pandemic. That was when the pandemic opened for three weeks. We ran, did comedy shows, and didn't die. So that's good for that. Um, what else are we going to say about Hassan? Uh, check him out. He has his own podcast called Dangerous Brown, where he does a deep dive into different literature. So right now he's doing the Bible. So if you want to check that out, you can. I am not really a huge fan of the Bible. I'm not against it, but I don't want to learn about it. So that's why I don't listen to it. But he's got a bunch of other great stuff. Um, yeah, Hassan's he's been with me a bunch of times. He's probably open for me. We'll probably be on a bunch of shows. So if you see me, go and check him out. And if you see him, go and check him out. How was my week last week? Well, 
I mean, um, not too much going on, to be honest with you. Um, I had the my first Bear City show back, so if you follow me, you see I post that all the time. This is a comedy show that me and my buddy, actually Trev, uh, Torio Van Grohl, started about four to five years ago in Long Beach at a uh, lesbian punk rock bar. Um, how did I get this show? When I first came to L.A., um, I was having a rough time, you know. No one wants to book you when you're not famous and they don't know you. And so I was kind of spiraling out. I need to get up at least four times a week to so that uh, I feel like I'm doing stand-up. So I was kind of freaking out. Then a buddy of mine named uh, Shino Call, he's a comic in uh, Sacramento now and a car salesman. So if you need an Audi, he sells Audis. He was kind of pushing a little bit back from comedy and was running a show that was, uh, he says it was good. Every time I went, it was hot dog shit at this venue. And then he was like, uh, hey, man, how are you doing in L.A.? And I was like, uh, it's like, you know, a little hard. I wish I had my own show, my own venue. Also in L.A., it's hard to find a venue because a lot of people have already been, uh, cat, fuck off, don't you come up here. Um, I've already been burnt by comedy. And burnt by terrible open micers and burnt by all this shit. So it's really hard to start when he goes, well, man, if you want, you can have my venue. And so I started the venue with a buddy of mine named Torio Van Grohl. Uh, we came from the Northern California. God, this is the cat just jumped on my fucking back. Ow! And he's fucking all on my shit. Is this on camera? And his nails are into my body. Okay, cool. So cat is there on my neck now. So we will leave her here. And keep talking. If you want to see the video, you can look on the thing. <laughs> so I started Bear City with my buddy Torio Van Grolden from Northern California. And the thing in the... God damn, your nails are sharp. Uh, the thing about Northern California comedy is... And mainly the Bay Area is... The Bay Area functions off of digital apps in their phones. So so in Bay Area comedy, there's this thing called Hella Fun Cheap. And if you got your show to the top of Hella Fun Cheap... It would sell out. But the thing to get to the top of Hello Fun Sheep is it needed to be free. And after a while, everyone's show was free. So then it also needed to give out things. So what they all did and what, you know, I didn't really run shows in San Francisco, but I did do a lot of them. Um, they would give away free pizza. You know, you go to you go to Little Caesars, you invest in five pizzas, 25 bucks. You go then on the app and go, yo, we got free comedy and free pizza. You go to the top of Hello Fun Sheep. It sells out. At the end of the show, you ask for tips. You make probably two, 300 bucks in tips. You split that among everybody. Now you got a show. Everyone making a little bit of money. So me and Torio were like, let's just fucking do that in Long Beach. Um, so then we went down and we started the show in Long Beach. I had uh, the venue now because of my buddy Shino. Cat, fuck off. I had the venue because of Shino. And Torio was going to help me produce. So we slowly built the show up, and after about eight weeks, Torio left, went back home to San Francisco. Um, so then I was shit out of luck, and I it was too much work for me just to do by myself just to run a show in a, a town that's very far away. So then my buddy Trevor Hill, who I know from the Bay Area, we were comics up there, not best friends up there, he moves to Long Beach, okay? And I go, hey, Trevor, do you want to run this show with me? Bada bada bing, four years later. Um, now me and Trevor are running a show. It's probably the best show in Long Beach for sure. It's better than any Laugh Factory show. And now it's sold out. And sold out's a free show, but it's 100 people. It's a really cool fucking vibe. 
It's uh, I love Long Beach. Long Beach is great because it kind of has, if you mix Oakland and Sacramento, you know, it's people down to party, people down to have a good time. So this was my first one back. Last week's one, two weeks ago, the first one we had back, June 16th, day after uh, bars could open, I had E. coli. I was shitting my brains out and felt like my stomach was going to explode like an alien side. So this was my first one back, and luckily I had it with all all my best friends. It had uh, Matt Lockwood there, who did the podcast. It had... Uh, Hormos on it, at Jesus, it had Jessica Seeley, a great friend of mine from the Bay Area, it had Trevor, and my buddy, my crippled friend-ass Morgan Mazelk finally came out, and it was a great show, had all my friends, so that was fun to be back with that. If you guys want to check that out, man, come on uh, every Wednesday in Long Beach at Quesarah. All right, what else do we got here? Um, There it is. I guess think about what else I'm going to learn. Oh, and then I went to my store spot. Store spot was pretty good. Um, it was a little bit late night, but what was great is that all my friends are now back, you know? It was uh, during the middle. Okay, so if you're going to go to the comedy store, you think Friday and Saturday, right? That's actually not what you want because Friday and Saturday, all the really good comics are working out of town. They're getting paid more money to go to fucking Des Moines, Iowa or Sacramento or florida so they leave so on the weekends it's actually kind of like guys who don't really get as much work or guys who just want to stay home or guys that have writing jobs and by guys i mean women too i'm sorry if this is sexist whatever stop being a dick so i have a show on wednesday normally tuesday and wednesdays are the best lineups so i get there and it's all my friends are there guys like ron taylor guys like jeffrey burner's back guys like fang chow you know who fang chow is there's an episode all about that little china guy chinese guy good god don't give me trouble for that um Brian Simpson was there. He was on here. Um, Asan was there. So it turns into a thing, you know, it's like a reunion party of all your friends. So we go there. We all do our spots. We all have fun. Comedy store's coming to an end. Then we go to this place called Bossa Nova. It's on Sunset. Pretty good food, man. Not too expensive. It's very, uh, you see a lot of rappers there and rappers' girlfriends. I don't know why, but they like to go there, and there's always, like, stuff outside. So we go there, go all the way late into the night. I get pretty drunk. Um, hang out with them. It was really fun. It was really great to see everybody. And that's when I talked with Son. And then we did the podcast the next day. After that, what else did I have going on? Um, went to a wedding in um, Cat. Fuck off, dude. Jesus Christ. Went to a wedding in Santa and Carlsbad this weekend. Sorry, guys. This cat just you know, it's cats are great. You know. I really love this cat. I just wish I could cut its nails. It's very hard to cut its nails. I find it impossible. My buddy Hormos did it, and I haven't been able to do it since. And she's a lot greater when you can't, when she has no nails to hurt you. But I'm not going to cut off her nails permanently because that's what evil people do. Or you got to buy your cat out of state. <sighs> so I went to a wedding this weekend. That was pretty fun. I got to see my whole family. Uh, I have a very large family on both sides. Uh, my dad has eight brothers and sisters he's counting in and they are all catholic so the least amount of kids that they have are three so that's i would i would i mean honestly it's more mainly three to five kids each one of his siblings has i was the only one and they're all very christian and they're very nice but you know some of their views i don't necessarily agree with on politics but so we go there and i get to see all of them um, also, my family's very big on my dad's side, Catholic, Irish, Italian. So they he has eight brothers and sisters. Each one of them has three kids. And now each one of their kids has at least three to four kids. So like Christmas, there's like 60 to 70 
people that are related to me. So I, I've, I've given up. I've, I'll learn your spouse's names. Okay, I'll try to do that, but I will not. I will not learn your kids' names. Too many kids. They all look the same. I, I'm not doing that. I got too many people's names to learn. I thought that was hard. My girlfriend came for the first time and had to meet a bunch of people who kind of look like me. And she had a great time, though. She was very great at a wedding. It's nice when you can bring someone to a place and they exceed your expectations. You know, very personable, danced, had a great time. I probably had the hottest girlfriend at the wedding other than the bride and uh, made me look good. She was great. Uh, life's okay there. Then we stayed there the night, had terrible nightmares. I've been having terrible nightmares again. If you know me, um, I suffer from horrible nightmares all the time. And this week was bad. Cat, your hair is so crazy. It's everywhere. Um, so didn't sleep much. Came back to Sacramento or came back to L.A. Bang. Now we're here. So not a great week. Not much going on. Not enough spots. Um, hopefully this week's changes. Anything I got coming up? No. Um, I have a once again, we're selling World of Drugs shirts. If you want one, Venmo me at Stephen Fury. S-T-E-P-H-E-N dash. It's the middle one. It's the top one, not the. Not the lower one or nothing like that. Cat, just get the fuck out of here, cat. It's the middle dash F-U-R-E-Y. Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N dash F-U-R-E-Y. 20 bucks for a shirt, $6 for shipping and handling. My Aunt Sam's got one coming. I still got to send that out probably today or tomorrow. Um, so if you want one, send it to me. We got all the sizes, double XL to small. Uh, they're pretty cool. It's the logo. Check that out. Send me your uh, address and stuff in there, and I will get those out this week. I just don't want to get, like, you know, go to the post office every... You can even see the fucking cat hair floating in the screen. I don't want to go to the post office just for one shirt, you know. I want to try and send a few out. <sighs> Other than that, this podcast is actually really great. I think I laughed harder on this one than, like, the last few. God damn, there's so much fucking hair all over me. Um, than the last few, so you're going to love it. I love it. Uh, info on JFL. You know, we talked about that a bunch. I should be knowing about that <sighs> this week. Um, you learn end of June, first week of July. So we'll see probably by the next episode of this if I got it or not. So fingers crossed for that. Put in some good vibes. Guys, this episode is the Krasnodar Cannibals with my guy Asan Ahmad. I love him. You love him. You're going to love this episode. Like, share, subscribe. Share this with some friends. This podcast is getting some steam on it. You know, the YouTube. Um, I'm thinking we're going to, once we go into this uh, comedy store studio, I'm thinking a lot of things are going to look a little better. The YouTube channel might be better. We're just going to be pushing this thing along. I would like to maybe turn this almost into a, a show, like a YouTube show where it's highly produced where we got like, you know, pictures of the people constantly so that if you wanted to see what these guys look like and the places and the pictures of their hands and stuff and the mouths, if you listen to this, you'll know what I'm talking about later, then maybe the YouTube thing will work out. As of right now, this thing already takes an insane amount of fucking work and I can't really do that, so chill out. But I did just sign a contract with them and they said they were going to do all that nonsense. So hopefully this gets pop it and i will thank you guys for everything so share this with a friend if you think the episode's good help me out you know comment on the apple shit or whatever just comment share with a friend let's get this thing good i think i'm putting it all a lot of work we're still building numbers love you guys asana mod krasnador cannibals check this shit
Hassan Ahmad, good to see you, buddy. Hey, Fury, good to see you. <laughs> this fake enthusiasm because <laughs> yeah, we just did a 45-minute podcast. <laughs> didn't record it. Didn't record it. I was like, why is this thing blinking? <laughs> it's okay. It's only our 20th one I've done. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have a great episode about the Krasnodar cannibal family. I did not do the phonetic lookup on this episode. Yeah, so... Russian's good. a little dirty language, but I'm not really... <laughs> That's yeah. and I don't really want to learn it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anyone who like who isn't Russian that loves the Russian language. Yeah, my fucking girlfriend, dude. Really? She's doing bilingual bilingo yeah. app, and she's just learning Russian. I'm like, it's the most useless language to fucking use. Yeah, dude, take your backwards ends and yeah. get out of here. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least you're learning fucking cave drawings as letters. Yeah. And plus, who's Russian here? Yeah, where are we gonna use this? Right. Learn Spanish. Or Chinese. Or Ch- Chinese would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> In Russia, they don't want us there, and it's literally the most expensive place you can travel. So it's like, what is this for, babe? <laughs> we don't want to eat their goulash food. <laughs> we don't want to meet them and their greasy haircuts. Yeah. I'm coming after you, Russians. <laughs> so my whole, whole fan base is all Russian. It's all Russian? Yeah, they're just so sad right now. So pissed at me. Um, so this one is about the Krasner Cannibal family, and we're going to do a little background info on the Kuban. Mm-hmm. Kuban is, uh, well, we're going to learn all about it, but it is pretty much where a lot of bad stuff happens. Yeah, birthplace of the serial killer. Birthplace of serial killers, a <laughs> um, bunch of creep shit. You got a little Nazis involved in there. It's just like the bang bang of everything you don't <laughs> there's, want. There's something in the water. There's something in the water. <laughs> and it's human blood. <laughs> <laughs> the Kuban is a historical region of southern Russia that now encompasses Krasnodar and Rostov. Dominated by the Kuban River that flows from Mount Erebus, the highest mountain in Europe, and the legendary location where Prometheus was hung and killed by the gods of ancient Greece. Yeah, so it's the it's the place where hu- humanity fucking fights God. Yeah, this yeah. Is, so like it's not a good it's not good to start out as <laughs> bespeeching God. Yeah. Um, stretching from the foothills of the Caucasus Mountains in the south to the open expanses of the Pontic Steppe. In the north, from the Black Sea to the west to the mouth of the Volga River to the east, the Kuban for centuries has been wrecked by periodic intense violence. Right. Makes sense. It tracks. But yeah, you got a lot of... You never want to... Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of weird... I mean, it's got a river, it's got the ocean, it's got the steps, it's got a lot of things people want, and it seems like it's kind of like a... Oh, it's a gateway to the Caucasus, as we're going to learn right now. Right. The region has for militia, millennia, for militia, <laughs> for the militia. region is just militia. Yeah. It's different <laughs> factions of militias. Yeah. So that's why it sucks. It's just like rural America, but just a whole, yeah, it's just, whole section of yeah, Asia. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, West Virginia, but yeah. as a country. The, the proud boys of the BCs. <laughs> a lot of tiki torches in uh, cargo shorts in the Kuban. This region for millennia has been inhabited by the nomadic steppe people and hill tribes. The Scathians, the Huns, and the Circassians. Rich in water and natural resources, the region also is the frontier between Eastern Europe and Asia, the gateway to the Caucasus in the land of the Middle East beyond. So, I mean, you can see why a lot of shit's happening here because it's it seems like to be the road to get anywhere back in the day would kind of go through this place go through this place and it's filled with like the Scythians Huns yeah so, okay these are dangerous people of the time I, I know that for a fact it's like something like these were the best soldiers until gunpowder was invented yeah exactly so yeah. it's like <laughs> <laughs> this is a rough place to be yeah you're not learning about like really nice people no if everyone you're learning about is like <laughs> has their own weapon that they made yeah <laughs> 
If they're if you're like a if you're like one of the races that you can be in Age of Empires, <laughs> that's a deep cut for people who had computers back in the nineties. Because of its importance, its relative distance from government authority, it was settled by the Ukrainian Cossacks and the Russian and Russian refugees. First to escape the serfdom in medieval Russia, and then at the encouragement of the Russian government to spread Orthodox Christianity and to drive out the Turk and Iranian peoples that live there. Turkic. Over centuries, Russian and Ukrainian Cossacks and other migrants from across Europe began to settle along the Kuban River to control access to the region and create a string of fortresses and settlements that would one day become modern Russia's frontiers. You got hill tribes, fortresses. Yeah, it's bro. This is a. It's all. It's like a setup to a video game where you. Have to, yeah. you know what I mean. This, like, <laughs> this feels like in the uh, Lord of the Rings where like the orcs are getting made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every baby just gets a handprint of like white powder on his head. Yeah. The most intensive and destructive <laughs> period was that between 1860 and 1864. Ooh, Civil War time. Yeah, it, when more than a million Muslim Caucasians were forcibly removed from the region or killed and sent into exile across the Middle East to make way for Russian settlers. Well, there's so many genocides that we don't know about. Isn't yeah. That cra- isn't that crazy? Yeah, that was a million. Like, they, I guess a million meant nothing, you know? Yeah. Just one of those little million genocides. <laughs> yeah. Back in, that's a lot of people back in the 1860s. You're goddamn right. Yeah, no idea. Just zero. Never clues. even heard of them. And yeah, not a big fan of Russians. I don't really give a fuck. It's going to have a lot of Russian, well, Islamophobia, Russianophobia? Yeah. Russophobia? Well, well, you know what it is? If you, were to, if you were to list all the genocides that's ever happened, you'd have to be like, oh, damn, I can't care about all genocides. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just not all genocides. Hashtag. Yeah, not, not <laughs> 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 the Cossacks of the region declared independence in 1918, but after 21 months, the new Soviet Red Ar- Army occupied the re- region. Mm-hmm. Emphasizing the importance of Rostov and Krasnodar as the gateway between the heartland of Russia and the Caucasus frontier. For the same reason, the region was central to the German offensive in Russia in the summer of 1942. By the fall of that year, the German army had planted a swastika flag on the top of Mount Elbrus, and Rostov and Krasnodar had become centers for ethnic cleansing. A lot of uh, genocides going on. This yeah, place. this is like this is like genocide city. What is going on here? <laughs> That's like the the high school name. Yeah, just genocide you. <laughs> genocide you. <laughs> the the West Caucus genocide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a game this week against the genocide, but uh, they're going against the Huns. Yeah, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll With, see if they show up. We'll see if they sh- <laughs> With the German army and the SS perpetrating mass shootings, burnings and hangings and gassings of tens of thousands of Jews, as well as suspected communists and Soviet aligned Cossacks. In the worst atrocity of the Russian Holocaust, 20,000 Jews were shot in a dry riverbed known as the Valley of the Snakes, a site that is then used to execute captured Russian soldiers. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's pretty dark. Yeah. When the Russians retook the region in 1943, the violence continued as the Red Army destroyed Muslim and Cossack villages that they believe had supported the German occupation with show trials and public executions lasting into the summer of 1943. That's, see, that's, that's, that's what makes it even crazier. So it's like, we, 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 to repay you back for your genocide, we'll do a genocide. Yeah. And then to repay you back from that genocide, you genocide us. It's like, it's just like a never-ending. It's like a uno, uno of genocide. Yes, it's like constant reverse cards. <laughs> it's like, why is everyone playing a reverse all the time? <laughs> For 10 years after the end of the Second World War, the cities of the region underwent an arduous program of rebuilding and recovery with the unwilling help of thousands of German prisoners of war kept imprisoned in the Soviet Union. 
Relative peace and prosperity came to the region in the decades that follow, interrupted by occasional rumors of violence and terrorism in the nearby Cassocks and the 1971 bombing of a bus in Krasnodar by the mentally ill egomaniac Peter Volonovsky. Though Volonovsky remains locked up to this day in reformant in a former Soviet institution, others remained in Krasnodar and Rostov to continue the region's cycle of violence. That's funny. I've never heard as a, I've never heard a, a, I guess a terrorist or described as a mentally mm-hmm. ill egomaniac, egomaniac like yeah. that. Like I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it makes him seem like way more super villainy than he probably is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not a terrorist. I'm uh, mentally ill egomaniac. Yeah, it's a very funny way to say lonely virgin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sis, <laughs> uh, no, not sis. What's the guys? Uh, what are the? Oh, call? incels. Incel. Yeah, that's incel. for sure an incel. All you right. don't blow up a bus if you're getting laid. No, 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 no. What kind of bus would I blow up? <laughs> if you're getting laid, no, no. You, I mean, you could be Muslim and blow up a bus in the promise of getting laid. Yeah, yeah. But I guarantee you, those guys also aren't getting any pussy at the time. I would blow up a beer bike. You know those things, like the oh. people run around. They're in a bike. Yeah, it's like yeah. a bar. Yeah, I'd blow up one of those. Yeah, well, you know, that's okay, probably so. the decline of Western civilization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tied directly to those. That should <laughs> that should be if you ever go on a first date, take a girl downtown to like the Gaslamp District in San Diego, and if she says we should go on a beer bike, run out the back door. Or if you're into that, you're trash. Yeah, or you you're see, trash. Yeah. So everyone's always screaming and so happy on them. Maybe that's why. I feel like when people are very happy on things, it kind of irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should talk to someone yeah, about maybe that. Maybe it's me. Maybe <laughs> I'm a mentally ill egomaniac, Stephen Fury. No, the beer bikes are that's such a it's so stupid. All right, yeah. now we're here. The Krasnodar cannibals, Dimitri and Natalie Bakshiv. So this is the timeline part. One of the shortest timelines we've ever had, mm-hmm. um, which means there's going to be a lot deeper information. Mm-hmm. So we'll just bang through this. Oh, this is recent shit. Yeah, yeah, these guys are still alive. Oh, whoa. Yeah, well, actually one just died, but mm-hmm. they 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 died last year. Okay. Almost a year ago today. Today, January twenty fifth, nineteen seventy five. Natalie Bakshivi is born. About seven years later, in nineteen eighty two, Dmitri Bakshiv is born. Wow, they have really close names. Yeah. Nineteen eighty two, Elena Vakhrushevia is born in Kirov, east of Moscow. December nineteen ninety nine, the rumored year that Dmitri and Natalie met and committed their first murder. Way to close out the nineties. I know. Yeah. So yeah, oh yeah, New Year's Eve. Yeah, right there, dude. Oh, December twenty eighth. <laughs> they were like, they. I would have just w- waited till New Year's Eve and killed someone on New Year's Eve. That would have been more. No, maybe fun. you're like, oh, it almost, it it, it, it's a fresh slate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, that was last millennium. Yeah, I killed was, someone. dude, it's a new millennium, new <laughs> new Dimitri, <laughs> new millennium, new Dimitri. <laughs> December seventh, twenty fourteen. It's a big jump. That's fifteen years. Yeah, they kind of go. We're gonna learn about this later. Mm. They kind of go blank for a little while, but they don't go blank. They just don't get cop from anything. Yeah, and they don't. They don't really know what they've been up to because yeah. it's Russia. And, yeah, you know, Russian. Oh my god, shoddy record keeping. As we've guess. learned in this podcast, <laughs> Russian police are hot dog shit. <laughs> we've done a few of these yeah. on Russian police, and I mean, god damn, they're bad at their job. Yeah. It is crazy. Well, I mean, how do you police a place with no rules? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, they're all still Russian. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it's just another angle to be corrupt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, February seventh, twenty fourteen, the Sochi Olympics opened in your Krasnodar area. September eighth, twenty seventeen, Alina Vekshiva is murdered in an abandoned building several blocks from the D- Dimitri and the Vekshiv's apartment building. Dimitri and Natalie. 
Yeah. September 11th, never forget, mm-hmm. 2017. <laughs> Dimitri's cell phone is found on the site of the Krasnodar Road by a local road crew. The phone reveals photos of a mutilated corpse as well as Dimitri posing with a human hand in his mouth. Now, see, at this point, it's 2017. You got to know how to hide those pictures. This Dude. ain't 20, 2011 or 20, no, t- 2011 where, like, you know, smartphones are kind of new yeah. and you have no idea how they work. There's well, a cloud, you know? Yeah. Well, number one, I'm going to go into this later, but I'll save it for later. Okay. We'll go deeper into it. Okay. Um, so about two weeks two later, weeks later. 28th of September, 2017, the case is transferred from local police to the Central Investigation Committee, the Federal Authority for Serious Crimes, kind of like the Russia's FBI. <clears throat> they deny that there is more than one victim and that there are no other suspects. Because mm. uh, we'll also learn here, you know, Russia... Kind of like China. China, man, I've been trying to find some sickos and weirdos in China, but they just keep a lock on shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they uh, they, they never want people to know that mm. they, they're like, oh, like serial killers, that's an American thing. Yep. That they're very much like that. Like there was this guy, Andre Chicolito. Oh, yeah, Chicolito. Have Ch- you done him here? Um, no, the this guy, the show called uh, Time Suck with Dan Cummings. Yeah. He really, Chicotillo. Chicotillo. He really, really went into him. I'm. I don't really try to do too many serial killers on this. Okay. But um, we more just try to do like drug lords and warlords and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it gets to you. But yeah. yeah, but he's like, part of the problem there is that the cops didn't want to admit there was a serial killer in Russia. Yeah. And it's like ah. Which the same thing happens here. There's a lot of cover-ups and stuff, which we'll see in about a couple seconds because <laughs> this timeline is almost done. Um, 2018, the FIBA World Olympics are held there. World Cup. World Cup, I meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, February 2019, Natalie Bakshiva is found guilty of incitement to murder and a dismemberment of a corpse. She is sentenced to 10 years in a penal colony and an additional one year and six months in a regional prison. The Regional Investigative Committee of Krasnodar announces the charges and that Dmitry Bakshiv's trial and sentencing has been postponed by his being treated for tuberculosis. Damn. He was actually kept in a... In a cell by himself for a very long time, and they kind of just really fucked this Dimitri guy up. But well, he's a it seems like straight he psycho. It, yeah, so he's a straight psycho. What up, Hallie? June twenty nineteen, Dmitri Bakshiva is found guilty of murder and desecration of a corpse. The Prikbugansky District Court sends him to twelve years in a penal colony, additional two months in federal prison. Damn, not much time for the stuff that he did. Yeah, I imagine twelve years in a penal colony is. In Russia is fucking insane, <laughs> though. I feel like that's how, like, a fucking Van Damme movie starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, wasn't supposed to be there, and now he's in there, and now he's just going to kick the shit out yeah, of the Yeah, he has to martial arts his way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can kung fu yourself at any problem. <laughs> yeah. 2020, February 16, about a year ago, Dmitry Bakshiva dies in prison from untreated diabetes. Damn, he missed the whole COVID thing. Yeah, he missed COVID. He missed COVID. It could have been a COVID no, it was right no. before COVID. Or it could have been a COVID death. Remember, it was one of those things where COVID was everywhere and no yeah. one knew. Yeah, I was in New York, or New York, right at the time it was COVID. All right, get out of here, cat. <laughs> Come on. Yes, yes, yes. You can go. It's okay. <laughs> All right, that was the timeline. One of the, sh- sh- the shortest timeline we've ever had, but this is the longest paper we've ever had. Research papers. Very long. It goes very into detail. It's a great one. This is another one of those Robin Fitch McCullough. Might be one of the last ones he does because uh, people have lives and. I don't know if he's going to be coming back, but hopefully, because he's very good. Natalie Bakshiva was born on January 25th, 1975. After her initial schooling, Natalie worked at a Krasnodar Military Aviation School, a Russian military university, working as a medical nurse in the school's sanitation department. I didn't know 
they had nurses in yeah. the poop department. Yeah. <laughs> Though she reached the rank of senior nurse and a head of her section, she was eventually released from her employment due to chronic abuse of alcohol. Can you imagine how much you have to abuse alcohol? For Russians to think that you abuse alcohol. <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, every time you see a picture of a Russian, they are drinking t- uh, vodka. Yeah. So if the Russians think you're abusing alcohol, how much are you You gotta be drinking? blackout drunk. Yeah. In modern day Nurse Jackie, you know what I mean? We've done a few murder nurses on this podcast. Not a drunk one yet, so this is fun. <laughs> yeah, this should be interesting. Yep, I wrote a joke. How much would you have to drink for them to know you're drunk? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. That's actually a question for you. Right. You're not a big drinker. No. How much do you think you could drink at work without anyone finding out? Who I don't know. I think I could do like three drinks before people would know something's up. Something's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before like I could I could hold it together for two, and after three, people would be like, "Why are you talking so much?" Yeah, yeah. I would be very. I'd be making a lot of bits. <laughs> yeah, saying those kind of like inappropriate jokes. Yeah, talking to people who I would normally never talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve wanted to hang out with Mark Stevens <laughs> yeah. this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's really getting he's on really it. Cool dude, he's just trying to be friends with everyone. I <laughs> used to. Oh, that would be the worst, man. When I was working back door at the store mm-hmm. i would just get drunk and then like i'd wake up in the morning with all these dms from like all these open micers that i was like you know what man i actually like you a lot uh, <laughs> we should hang out you want to do my show oh yeah oh yeah, yeah and so, they were like oh i'm in finally yeah. <laughs> i'm in at the store I'm I'm in the, the back door gotta like me <laughs> um i think i could do three beers three shots really but you you drink. i'm a drinker though. you I'm drink a drunk yeah. i'm borderline yeah. a drunk yeah well i probably get drunk once or twice a week. But right. I don't, like, drink at home very often. Which uh, they say is actually kind of worse because it's, like, binging, I think. Oh, because, like, now you when you're out, you drink more? Or do you think you would drink the same regardless? No, I just, when I start drinking, I'm going to drink now. Okay, okay, okay. It's never, like, I'll have one and just chill. No. No. Okay. Plus, at the comedy store, you know, it's like, I'll have one drink and it's literally a full cup of tequila. Yeah. And then they'll, like, have five more. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you're, like, you go in the back and now people are just smoking weed. And yeah. It's, like, ten minutes and you're, like, I am a different person now. <laughs> yeah. But so, oh, okay. Let's say I'm going to get drunk at work. Um, I think I could do three beers, three shots. I would be proud. That's kind of where I'm. I would say two beers, two shots is, like, best Steve. Okay. Charming, funny, good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would do like I would do at my when I was a school when I first went to high school. Mm-hmm. First day I would get so stoned on picture day. Okay. So that my ID always looked stoned. Stoned. It's kind of the same thing people do with their licenses. Oh, that makes sense. So then, like when he looks at your license, it's like I'm not drunk. I just always uh, look that's drunk. That's just who I am. I'm just a drunk eyes. I just always have drunk eyes. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, cool. Um, the degenerate. The, yeah, the, the degenerate. degenerate. If you guys want to learn how to be a functioning degenerate. Yeah. I'm that's, your boy. That's really smart, actually. She had been married to a school staff member, then divorced, but despite the loss of her job, she retained her ex-husband's small apartment, located in a school dormitory building, and she gained a new position in the school's cafeteria. Ooh. How drunk do you got to be as a nurse to get demoted to, to a cafeteria to lunch lady? Yeah. Golly. <laughs> At least you don't get fired, you know? They're like, listen... Oh, that's some. She must have been. She must have been pretty. That's some pretty girl shit. It feels like <laughs> you. You got. You got. You got divorced, but kept your ex husband's small apartment with no job. Like Russia's an interesting country because, like, I've never seen a good looking Russian man, but there's some. 
but the women are either tens or twos. Yeah, know? well, the women are either ten or look sixty-five. Yeah, they're, they're like the babushka. Yeah, they're like some form of a babushka or some male odor bride level yeah, hot, super hot. Yeah. Demetrius was born January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty two, and he worked on the grounds of the same institution as a janitor, repairman, and kitchen staffer while living in a nearby hostel run by the school. Like, does this, the school does seem pretty cool that they give you housing? Yeah, and kind of a lot of stuff. He had been arrested for petty theft and grand theft auto, but all the charges were eventually dropped. According to the records and interviews, the couple met in 2020 or 2012 and married shortly afterwards, spending time first at his hostel and then moving into her small apartment in the school dormitory. Self-isolating is their behavior. They turned to alcohol and they were noted for their anti-social behavior. How the fuck did they find each other? They worked at the same place. I know, but you know what I mean? Like, if your behavior is to be self-isolating, it's very funny that you somehow find the other self-isolating person. Yeah, true. I mean, well, mm-hmm. it's always, it's like also a janitor and a cafeteria lady. Uh, That's like the literal axis of evil for every <laughs> elementary school kid. Yeah. The two most terrifying people. Uh, yeah, and then, the, and then all that's missing is that one parent that watches at recess. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like a hawk. No one asked you for a your duty. <laughs> yeah. Chill. Just showed up here by yourself. Yeah. Despite this, they befriended their neighbor, Alina Vakshruva... Oh, okay. A resident in the same dormitory and a waitress in town with whom they would occasionally drink. On the night of September 8th, 2017, they were engaged in heavy drinking in an abandoned building on Galtello Street. Fucking lit. Abandoned building drinks? <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean, that's like, yo... I, <laughs> I guess if you're living in a hostel, you're like, we're not going to drink here. Yeah, let's go to the abandoned building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, let's get the uh, let's get a better ambiance. Yeah, yeah. It's a little creepy here. Yeah. You know be a step up? An uh, old haunted house abandoned building. Yeah, a Russian abandoned building. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so creepy. That sounds like how a horror movie starts. Yeah. Yeah. A Russian, yeah. I mean, I when I was a kid, though, I would get drunk in abandoned buildings in high school. Yeah, that's fair, but you're not a married couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're a kid, there's so many things that, like, well, you're not going to get drunk at home. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You got you to gotta find places to do stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that, too. You know, it's like, it's a lot of times, you know, you're having a drink with someone like, hey, you want to go back to my house? Yeah. Hey, you want to go to this creepy abandoned building on <laughs> hey, Gatello Street? An ice Gatello Street was an isolated street just several blocks from their apartment. When an argument erupted between Alina and Natalie, a fight Natalie would say begun when Alina started to flirt with Dimitri. That's uh, not what happened. At not all. that one, yeah. No. no one's like trying to fuck someone's dude in an abandoned house. Yeah, what happened is Dimitri started flirting with <laughs> yeah, Elena, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, in her mind, after murdering her, was like, she started it. Yeah. She looked at him all wrong. You know how psychotic killers get. Yeah, power yeah. move by uh, mm-hmm. Alina, though. You, know? <laughs> like, you think you're going to come into my abandoned house <laughs> and hit on my man. <laughs> the quarrel rapidly escalated, and Natalie demanded that Dimitri kill Alina. Jesus Christ, just for flirting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. He definitely started it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you will, if you love me, you must kill her. <laughs> I wonder what happens if he cheated. She's like, you have to start an apocalypse. Yeah, now. yeah you got to steal fire from a god. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri, using a concealed knife, stabbed Alina repeatedly. <laughs> I guess this was still in that abandoned house. Yeah. I love, like, maybe it's like, there, Alina's, or Alina's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And yeah, it's like, hey, uh, Dimitri, um, I think you've been che- you've been you've been flirting with this girl, and I'm thinking I'm gonna need you to kill her. And then Alina's just like, I can hear you from the <laughs> other room. Yeah, 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 there's no walls. Yeah, you're just you're just putting your mouth hand in front of your mouth. I can still you're talking at full volume. <laughs> kill who? Yeah, yeah. Who was retreating? Who's cheating? That who's would flirting? be funny if Alina was like, is there someone else here? Like with no idea that. <laughs> 
once she had expired. Hilarious and word. Every, everyone in here sounds dumb as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's also that. Russian, <laughs> drunk Russians, let me tell you. <laughs> Dimitri began to dismember her body in the abandoned building with that little ass knife. Yeah. Ugh. While God. he left some body parts at the building site, most of the body was carried to their nearby apartment. They carried the body parts to their apartment? So so they had the foresight to be like, we got to cut them up for no evidence. And then they were like, let's bring them over. Home. Yeah. Bring them home. Is it a doggy bag? What if you were going to – what do you think – what would you bring home? Like if you're looking at me, you're going to okay. eat me. Okay. Okay. What, what would, would I eat bring? on you? This looks pretty good. Her upper form, like a bicep. Yeah, that's like there's like it's like not terribly fatty. Yeah. Yeah, I heard from uh, you, you ever heard of that uh uh that Ukrainian rugby team that like got crashed in the Andes? Yeah. And they to, yeah, they said or Uruguayan, they said the best part of a human is here, the fingers. Cause they had to all they had to eat all their friends. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting, but what yeah, would I bring home? Oh, dude, I, if I if I were if I were into that, I would mount your head on the wall like a deer. <laughs> like, look, look at my catch. <laughs> they actually do something just like oh, that. Oh God, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Natalie photographs much of the dismemberment that took place at the building site, including Dimitri posing with Alina's severed hands in his mouth. Yes, yes. <laughs> Snap it for the gram, girl. <laughs> Yeah, what filter do you think goes well with dismembered hands? <laughs> Valencia? You do, yeah, you do portrait mode? Is that like a... <laughs> oh, is it like a boomerang? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did say the hands. Maybe they read that Ukrainian thing, you know? Oh, they yeah. said that that was the best uh, part to eat. The best part to eat, yeah. Maybe maybe they were like, they just they just learned. I hope those pictures don't get mixed up with their normal pictures. Oh, they're trying to show some friends. Yeah. Like, here's my apartment. And it's just this is the lunch I served to the children. <laughs> oh, yeah, this like... is Dimitri's favorite wrench. This is Dimitri with a human hand. <laughs> in his mouth. Oh, I mean, that one's not supposed yeah, to yeah. be. Oh, oh, no, here's my tits. Here's my tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at him. <laughs> I was thinking of, of a boob being good to eat. But you don't eat any boobs of any animals. No, you don't eat anything that's all fat. Yeah, you're all right. All fat. Is there no meat in that thing? I mean, it's it's all it's all fat. Right? It's all fatty tissue. Dimitri took her in the bathroom and placed her body in the bathtub. He cut the hair, skin, and muscle off her head, then removed her lips and ears with his teeth Jesus. before eating them raw, beginning to further... Before beginning to dismember them further? Oh, Jesus. Good God. With his mouth. Yeah. It's also like, hey, Dimitri, I just wanted you to kill her, not eat her like a contract <laughs> supreme. Yeah, it's like like she's tearing a package open. <laughs> you said to kill her. <laughs> no, I said, yeah, I didn't say to eat her. The body was systematically dismembered, with portions of the body being placed in a refrigerator and freezer and other parts placed in containers suspended in a saline solution. Once the body was dismembered, those parts of the body that had not been saved or preserved were placed in bags and taken into the basement of the dormitory and hidden. Imagine finding that. Yeah, I mean, what? At what point do they get rid of it? It feels like they should at least like try to like yeah, put different parts of the bodies in different places around town. It's like throw it away, dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's working. <laughs> I remember I did a whole episode where Frank never turned on his microphone. <laughs> oh shit! All right, I'll pay. I'll... No, you're good. Okay, it's still working. Like, say something real quick. Doing it again. Cool. All right. Boop. <laughs> Alina's absence made little immediate impact, and no missions. 
person's report was filed. Oh, so they. It feels like they definitely <laughs> planned this, yeah. and they knew that like, oh, this, this girl's no a one. loser. No <laughs> one cares. No one cares. No one's gonna give a fuck about her. I mean, if you're the type of person that will go get drunk in an abandoned building, y- yeah. I'm guessing no one's missing you. Yeah, I'm guessing no one. There's no one in your life that's like, hey, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Where's Alina? I don't know. Probably getting drunk in an abandoned building. Oh, you know how with strangers, you know, with lunch ladies and janitors. <laughs> On September 9th, the day after the murder, police discovered the crime scene and opened a murder investigation into the unidentified victims. Because the police probably went there to drink in an abandoned building. <laughs> yeah. This like, is my place. This yeah. is where we eat. I can't do a Russian accent. Yeah. On September 11th, never, never forget. forget. <laughs> While conducting road work on Galileo Street, a maintenance crew discovered Dimitri's cell phone. Upon opening it, the road crew was horrified to find the fe- photo of Dimitri with Elena's severed hands in his mouth and other photos of at least one dismembered corpse. Oh, this is like two days or whatever after the thing. It's like, bro, what? Yeah, two days. It's like, number one, why didn't you go back and get your phone? Like, what kind of loser can be without their phone for two days? Right. <laughs> Right. Especially ones that you took such incriminating like, evidence it on. It makes no sense. Right. I, I would be I would be using all the extra hands and eyes <laughs> to find this fucking yeah. phone. Yeah. You place the phone in the hands. Bring the hands with you. Since you cared so much about the hands. Just using the other hand on now where did they put <laughs> yeah. that cell phone? It's like yeah, you're like thinking with like, it. <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh, I did. I did fucking write all that. Good. <laughs> the phone was immediately taken to the city police who used the phone. To, and also, who doesn't have a lock on their phone? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, the janitor and the lunch yeah, lady. Yeah, the janitor. They're like, no one cares about this. Yeah, no we're, they're, we're isolationists. There's yeah. no reason to. No one even knows my name. They yeah. They look at my phone. The phone uh, trace and identifies to Dimitri. Dimitri mm-hmm. was taken into custody and interviewed, claiming that he had found the body <laughs> and only taken pictures with it, but had not murdered anyone. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, as one does. Yeah, so. right. I think I think that's just a Russian pastime. <laughs> <laughs> just, you find it. I don't kill people. I'm not crazy. I do have a cut off hands and stick them in my mouth, take a picture. And yeah, the but I'm not crazy. Y- you know how in America y- you go to a baseball game and it's, there's a seventh <laughs> inning stretch and that's part of the culture? It's like that in Russia. You yeah. find a dead body, you take some pictures yeah. of it, you don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you remove the hands. It's like it's fine. It's like finding a penny. It's like, oh, it's a lucky day in Russia. <laughs> yeah. I found that body with yeah. hands missing. Yeah. Three years of good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> During the follow-up to his interview, police searching the area around his apartment on the aviation campus discovered the bags of human remains in the basement and ordered an immediate search of his upstairs apartment. This is gets pretty fucking cool, this apartment, what we're right. about to go and do. Okay. Inside the apartment, investigators confirmed that the photos on Dimitri's phone had been taken at the site. Among the trophies found were 19 individual scrapes of human skin portions of seven distinct body parts suspended in a saline solution some kitchen scraps and leftovers containing human remains and canned steamed and pickled dishes that contain meat suspected of being from a human body jesus my god well something you know what's crazy at least they they found what they want to do in life. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, I guess that's more than most people can say. Yeah, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Additional photos were also found, including one with a pair of severed breasts from an unknown woman and a recipe that includes references to human anatomy. God. God, they were out here doing the thing. 
It's like, no, no those, those are my pickled tits. It's <laughs> a long Russian recipe of pickled tits. Pickled tits. <laughs> yeah, I have my fried labia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family thing. It's not yeah. human. It's, it's a dog's tits. <laughs> by September 25th, the news reached an international audience and preliminary media reports made both by the Western and Russian outlets indicated that the crime was much more extensive than a single murder. Right. On September 25th, it had been reported that Dmitry had admitted to two murders. The one night 2019 and an earlier murder in 2012. That's why there was that gap. Right. Okay. But that local police had suspected him of being involved in many more, including seven specific cases of a missing or murdered people. Jeez. Later that day, the Central Investigation Committee, Russia's National Crime Investigation Service, the equivalent to FBI, published an announcement that it would be taking over the case from local police at the request of the national government and that there was no reason to believe that there were any more than one victim. Um... There were so many more victims, for sure. They just, you know what it is? They also just didn't want to do the work. It's like, this is a lot of paperwork. <laughs> we know there's one for sure. Whatever. This is Russia. People go missing. Yeah, he's guilty. Yeah. <laughs> just just send him 12 years in a penal colony. And whatever. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah. He shoots vodka back. Yeah. Uh, the Krasnor cannibals, here are the rumors. Okay. Like we said earlier, you know, the Russian government doesn't want people to know shit, so they kind of... Okay, so it's only the rumors of what people have sort of put together from the evidence that they do release. Okay. As the case unfolded, a series of rumors inundated the police, the investigation committee, the local region, and local international media. Key to these rumors were the official release and subsequent leak of photos and videotapes from the investigation. In the immediate aftermath of the raid on Dimitri and Natalie's home, police released a video of the search team in the couple's apartment, which the police labeled the killing crypt. So actually... So we just looked at their apartment. It was pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. Lots of, lots. It looked like a hoarder's apartment. Yeah, if you want to look it up, you can look up footage shows into Russian cannibals home, Dmitry, Bekshivi, and Natalia on uh, YouTube. YouTube. It just looks like a hoarder's house. How many thumbs up and thumbs likes does this have? 20 thumbs up, 11 dislikes. Interesting. What a dive. Anybody say? Ew, there's a pig's head in there. Oh, no. There's, I guess Whoa, how do we get in the fridge? We never got in the fridge. Yeah, did we see the fridge? Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's keep playing here. Does he open oh, yeah. it at the end? Oh, he's got a big reveal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's woman's hair. Oh, oh, God. Okay, we didn't get to see the, what was in the fridge. But, but that was definitely hair. That was definitely a human's hair. And, and there's, definitely something, there's definitely something blurred out, too, at the beginning. As part of the preliminary investigation by the city police, dozens of photos of missing people were released in an attempt to identify potential victims. In mm -hmm. statements made by local police, it was clear that they suspected that the couple were responsible for dozens of missing people, leading to claims that made in the media that a family of cannibals was active in Krasnodar. Afterwards, photo of Dimitri's phone and photos taken as evidence by the police from the Bashiv's photo albums and police crime scene photographs were leaked to the public in the international news media. Might have to look at those. Yeah, so you can just you can just get them online. Yeah, let's check that out. Oh baby. Oh, this guy looks fucking disgusting. Yeah. Okay, number one, the chick's kinda hot. I told you, dude, she had to be. <laughs> she had to be. She's yeah. kinda lightweight hot. The yeah. dude looks like a fucking cannibal. Yeah, dude, the dude looks like a serial killer. Like usually the thing about serial killers is a lot of times they look like regular everyday people. But, like, he, like, looks like the thing. Oh, God. Just like a soup. It's like a human soup. There's a pickled thing. It looks like kimchi. God. Any more? Uh, <sighs> looks like some, that looks like someone's, in, like, a human being's intestines. Yeah, it looks like a pickled human being's intestines. 
What is that? Thing? Well, let's see what it says. Let's see what the caption says. But it's not clear from uh. what it is from the images. Just pictures. God, what is that? Oh, it's, it's like a, a pile of wigs. Get out of here, pile of wigs. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're into wigs. <laughs> Get out of here. You're just trying to say pile of wigs so you can show it on your, on your fucking sun website or whatever. Oh, man, he's got a gnarly Russian-ass picture yeah. where he's holding a, a hammer, hammer and a scythe. Yeah, and he's got it like he's so gaunt. He's so like he yeah, looks like a horror movie. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, what is this? A severed human hand being shown for Christmas dinner. Oh man. With oranges. A lot of oranges. There's fifteen photos in this batch? She's kinda bad. Yeah, dude. She's got a body. Yeah, she's hot God, he's a fucking weirdo. Oh, uh, that's a severed hair? That's a straight up severed head. Oh man, you guys can check all this stuff <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, just Google it. It's a Sun Report article. Was that her back in the day? No, I think that's the one they, woman they killed. Damn, you could you could hang out with women like that in abandoned buildings in Russia. Yeah, that chick's fuck it, and no one cared about her. No, no, she's like a nine. Yeah, that's very interesting. Alina, this woman is believed. Oh, she's no, that's not even Alina. That's just a woman oh, believed to be. Good God, handcuffs. He's he's kind of built. Yeah, he's jacked. Oh, that's a useless picture right there. Yeah. Okay, let's see Jeez. if we can go back to what the article was. So you get some more photos in here. I think those. I think they just put all the photos together like that. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. His head. Oh, S this was the one. Oh, they. So you can look them up the pictures, but they they blur out the human hands. Yeah. Good lord. And there's wow, that was there's good. Natalia. Yeah, that was actually pretty worth it. So <laughs> look up the it's the Sun article. Just look up the Sun and then the Dimitri and Natalia uh, Krasner Jeez. cannibals. Jesus Christ, dude! The way people be living. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can get. I mean, it's easy to pull bad bitches in Russia, apparently. Yeah, clearly. Well, they, no one cares about them. Yeah, there's hotties that no one cares about. Mm -hmm. Hotties with no body that cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The narrative of the subsequent rumors and allegations was that in the year of 1999, Dimitri and Natalie first met in Krasnodar. After embarking on a romantic relationship, while Natalie was still married, the couple killed their first victim. Though identified, it is the severed head photo that is alleged to be their first victim. From this first murder, a pattern emerges where Dimitri and Natalie contacted potential victims through classified personal ads and online dating services. After making contacts and medium, meeting them, they then euthanized or anesthetized, anesthetized, anesthetized. anesthetized their victims before dismembering them. They began by skinning their victims, preferably while they were still alive and unconscious. Oh, uh, right. This is this is portions of the victim were Im eaten immediately with Dimitri doing the cutting and the processing and Natalie doing the cooking. The rest of the remains were then preserved through pickling and canning and freezing. Oh, God, it's just the most Russian thing to yeah. then, like pickle it and can it. What sucks is that there's some kid listening out there right now listening to this and they're getting hard for the first time and they're <laughs> realizing like a lot of things about themselves. <laughs> like I love Russian women in oranges and hands. Yeah, and skinning people. God damn. Aside from the photo, the key to these rumors were the alleged confessions of Dimitri and Natalie. It was initially reported that Dimitri had admitted to dozens of cannibal acts going back more than a decade. By October 2017, after investigation had been transferred from local authorities to the control of the Russian national government, it was rumored that she had confessed to more than 30. 
Damn. Stretching back to 1999. That's impressive. That's a lot of murders. That's 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 numbers on the board. That would that would be that would be like you would be famous in America if you committed 30 murders. Yeah, I mean, also just how bad these fucking cops are. Yeah. It's like you don't noticing all these skin people and skin hair. Yeah, that? and the the first clue is 15 years later. Yeah. That's the first time. So here's an idea. Look in some abandoned buildings. For yeah, drugs. yeah. And people who have piles of wigs. <laughs> Quigs. <laughs> Quigs. <laughs> Additionally, it had been confirmed that she had been involved in the sale of canned goods and savory meat pies to local can- catering and food supply companies, including the company that supplied the aviation school where they worked. So he, so oh, so they were serving up people? Yeah. Bro, they got off on that, too. That's part of it. That's yeah. part of the whole thing. It's probably a big part. Yeah. I eat eating one is yeah. so. I mean, just the shit. That How good was the sex that they had post skinning and murdering someone? Yeah, it must have been fucking fire. Or just wearing their other person's yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all like fucking. Oh, uh, uh, Buffalo Bill Buffalo on Bill, him. Bill, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These events seemed to validate each other, and with it being suspected that Natalie had been processing human bodies for sale and consumption, with the intent to have it distributed to the nearby military school where they resided both directly and indirectly, and that this susta- substantiated their being tied to missing people in Krasnodar. Good God. So that was the rumors. Horrifying. And, and now we got, we still got a lot, actually. All right. Bum, 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 bum. Here is the investigation. Right. After the transfer of control of the investigation by local police to the National Police on September 25th, it was announced by Vadim Baginko head of the local branch of the investigation committee, that there were only one victim. Ah, here we go, Russians. Though he did not immediately discount that there may be more, only stating that there were no grounds to investigate a mass murder. I mean, if you've ever looked at a guy... (laughs) Yeah, right? The grounds are his creepy face. Yeah. (laughs) On September 28th, a further statement was released by Boginko, confirmed that Lena was the only immediate victim and no other suspects besides Dimitri and Natalie. Yeah, he should just had three heads and a bunch of lips. Yeah. yeah. The first, that was the first time I do this. I've never <laughs> done it before. It's like, how do you learn how to pickle human beings? Yeah, yeah. I had the first go. Hey, they're, they're, they're good at learning. Yeah. YouTube videos. Look, look at the draw. <laughs> Baginku, who had ol- only taken control of the investigation two days prior, issued additional confirmation that the body parts found in the apartment all belonged to the single victim. Stating that forensics had confirmed that they were from a single person. What a lie, dude. What a lie. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. But Genko admitted that police had been looking for at other victims, though he dismissed this portion of the investigation as a search for a wood grouse. Yeah. I don't know, a snake or something. Yeah. The Russian investigation slang for trying to to tie cold cases of missing and disappeared people to a current crime. At the same time, rumors abound... That the list of potential victims had reached 30 going back to 1999 murder. <coughs> Damn. Damn. As part of the investigation, Baginko promised a thorough background examination in order to... Bullshit. Determ- yeah, no bullshit. Determine whether or not the couple could be considered insane. <laughs> yeah, maybe, No, bro. they got the head on straight. <laughs> just, just this Russian thing. It was a hard renter. Yeah, just a couple of normal... Just a normal couple. <laughs> he had a hand in his <laughs> mouth. Yeah. And he took a picture of it. Fucking crazy, you dumb bitch. Um, or have cannibalistic tendencies. Yeah, or have cannibalistic tendencies that drew from early childhood. In October, the investigation committee reported that Natalie had confessed to the murder. It was at this time that Alina's name was publicly given and that a Natalie's story of a jealous murder that she encouraged was issued to the public. Bullshit, dog. Yeah. 
such a such a damn. They're probably like every day they're like making a clear lie, and they're like, I can't believe we're getting away with this. This is fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Imagine killing probably around thirty people, yeah. eating them, wearing they're eating their lips off their face. Yeah, and you only got twelve years. Yeah, that's uh. You're like, damn, I really, I really did the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was proven correct. Yeah, it's yeah. like. I think you get 12 years for, like, robbing a bank in America. <laughs> what do you have to do in Russia to get life? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, yeah, I don't know. Additionally, as time went on, the cannibalistic aspects of the story were significantly downplayed or denied by the investigative committee. You know who would get life? The one investigator that was like, no, we got to charge him for everything. Yeah. They're like, well, put him away for life. <laughs> put him in the duck hole. Yeah. Ultimately, charges of cannibalism were dropped to desecration of a corpse and premeditated murder, the original charge in the case were altered to make it a murder as a crime of passion based on Natalie's jealousy of Alina. Hilarious. Insane. Like, we just saw... I just saw a tape of their house. Yeah. We did. Yeah. With human bodies in it. We saw a fridge with human bodies in it. <laughs> but it's also funny that these investigators look at... There's a fridge with a human head and hands everywhere and skin everywhere, and they just went, women. <laughs> 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 How is that your reaction to this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> After a year and a half spent in a secure psychiatric prison, it was decided that the pair were ready to be tried and sentenced. Mm -hmm. In early 2019, this is not that long ago. Yeah, dude. Natalie, then aged 44 and aged well. Yeah, she looked great. <laughs> and Dimitri, age 36, were brought to trial. It was decided by the Central Investigation Committee that the trial should be closed and held in secret. A year and a half after the arrest, the trials held separately began. The prosecutor, prosecutor sought a 14-year sentence for murder and for a desecration of a corpse for Dimitri and 10 years for Natalie for incitement to murder. In February 2019, Natalie was given 10 years for urging the murder of Alina and was sentenced 10 years in a labor camp, an additional one year and six months of prison time. That is, uh, again, not that bad for the amount of shit she actually did. I mean, just, I'm guessing, so if I had to guess this what happened would be they really don't want a serial killer. Right. So they were like, we'll give you 12 years if we, and we'll knock it down from cannibalism and all that stuff if you just, you know, say, say it was, I, it was, it was the, the only one, one. Yeah, it was the only one. Yeah. Claiming that Dimitri was ill with tuberculosis, Dimitri's trial was delayed. On June 28, 2019, Dimitri was given a 12-year and two-month sentence for murder and desecration of a corpse, also to be conducted, conducted at a forced labor camp. While Natalie is still serving her sentence, Dimitri died on February 20th, 2020 of untreated diabetes. That's kind of, man, they've really fucked up prisons over there. Yeah, untreated diabetes. That's a, that's a, that's a wild go, thing to hear. You go blind. Really? Yeah. Damn. My cousin, my cousin wouldn't, wouldn't, was like scared of uh, needles his whole life, so he wouldn't get it. You do get really skinny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, you can go into a coma. And then now he's blind. He, like, can't see anymore. Jesus. Just, just from the fear of needles. because oh, he doesn't want the insulin. Yeah, he want the insulin. Yeah. The Krasner Cannibals Aftermath and Cover-Up. Despite the conclusion of the case, rumors still abound. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. The with the allegations <laughs> of a cover-up. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Ladies, women, right? Yeah, women. Can't live with them. Can't, can't live, live without, without them. them. Yeah. Can't live with them. Gotta skin them alive yeah, and then yeah. cook their body. <laughs> Man, that one chick was really hot. Yeah. The case has not been transferred from local control to federal control at the request of the Krasner police, but rather by the order of Moscow. Mm. Oh. Okay. So like we thought. So there's something. Yeah, there is like the narrative. They don't want a serial killer. Yep. They looked at this and they was like, oh, this is one of the... 
Because 30 is a lot for an American silk hero. That puts you up with, like, Gacy and Yeah, you're a Hall of Fame. Bundy. Those are Hall yeah. of Fame numbers. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, we can't have another Hall of Famer. Investigative com- committee assures that the best forensic scientists were involved in the case are largely unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. That only a week elapsed between the discovery of the killer's apartment and that the announcement of forensic results that identified all the remains as having belonged to the same victim are criticized for being far too speedily done or of having been falsified completely. Wow. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think about that. Dr. Yulia Fedakova, a noted Russian criminal lawyer and forensic anthropologist employed at the Pavlov Institute of F- Physiology. Physiology, became Dmitri's lawyer. <laughs> And in the aftermath of the case, came to believe that her client had killed many, many more individuals. Uh, Pavlov. Is that like Pavlov's dog? Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> Another creepy-ass Russian thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's shock the fuck out of this dog. Yeah. Why? Uh, science. science. Yeah, what because we, we can. Why not? We can. Yeah, yeah, it's Russian. There's no rules. <laughs> women. That's women. Right. Yeah. women. That's women. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good rule. It's good rule. <laughs> As part of her own investigation, she began to believe that the theory that multiple homicides had occurred over two decades was correct. Yeah. Based on the way that the bodies had been preserved. Oh, man. It was her conclusion that only a skilled chef, butcher, or hunter could have made cuts precise enough to preserve the quantities of human flesh found in the manner that it was without damage or wastage. And that either they had been had other accomplices or that they had perpetrated many other murders and had developed their systematic routine of dismembering and cooking victims through extensive practice on previous victims. God. That's what we were saying earlier. You yeah. Know? It's like, and there was like, you don't learn how to do this shit one time. Yeah. Yeah. Even quote unquote prodigies work for years. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then like, also you don't, you don't kill someone in 20, in 15. 99, then d- Wait until 2012. Yeah, yeah, and just like, oh, let me give it a shot. Let yeah. me revisit this. You know, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait for this psychologist to be like, and then, and then Fedokova was found pushed out a window. Yeah, because yeah. women. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the things guilty, yeah. guilty of being a woman. Being a woman. Yeah. Fedotova also had serious concerns about the welfare of her client in the aftermath of their arrest. Mm-hmm. Dmitri had been held in isolation and his trial postponed, according to Russian state authorities, because he had contracted tuberculosis. While not uncommon in Russian labor camps, he was rarely granted an audience with his, either his lawyer or with investigators. Ultimately, he died in prison. Said They said it was diabetes, but who knows? Yeah, he probably got the, the sh- that was probably like part of the deal. Like, we'll let you go and we'll beat the shit out of your yeah. husband. Yeah, yeah. Without an independent investigation into his death, there remains little proof of his cause of death besides the reports of the Gulag staff. Ah, the most trustworthy people on earth. <laughs> Russian Gulag yeah. staff. <laughs> Additionally, disparity between early statements made by local police and later statements by the investigative committee, chiefly by Bungeko, have, had le- have led to serious questions about the case. Dozens of witnesses were interviewed and shown photos of missing people from the Krasnodar area in the days after the murder, interviews that were never followed up by the investigation committee. The release of the video and photographs by local police in an attempt to identify possible victims led to a procedural investigation by the investigation committee, a process in which a chief investigator can personally take over a local case based on local police making substantiated claims during investigation. Such a procedural investigation was initiated shortly after the arrest, after which Bungeko became the chief investigator as well as a media spokesman for Russia law enforcement. While the law ostensibly had the purpose of preventing investigations for which there is little evidence, the amount of evidence released to the public seems to be in stark contrast to the nature of the crime as described by Bungeko over the course 
of the case. Yeah. So this guy, this guy is, this guy. There's, there's definitely some like crazy shit going on in the background here. Like, I mean, it's got to be that, or like, it turns out that like, they, the two were involved in some like government thing, and they're like, yeah. oh, we can have government employees. Yeah. Be well, looking like, like this. They were like some kind of government agent or some shit. Yeah. Thank good God. I mean, just the. I mean, we're this is. This is actually really. I hope Robin Fitch McCullough comes back. He's he knocked this one. Yeah. out of the park. This is insane. It's a lot of good work. Yeah, why a cover up? Mm -hmm. Specific details as to why a cover up would be undertaken has not been forthcoming, but it certainly fits into historical trends of Russian police cover ups, and more specifically, the denial of serial killers in Russia. Yeah, bang bang baby, we nailed that one. Right under Soviet political doctrine, a serial killer could not exist in a Marxist-Leninist state. As such, individuals were the products of capitalist societies. Dude, we fucking nailed that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Identifying serial killers with an international ideological conflict made pursuing serial killers incredibly difficult. Yeah, here in Soviet Russia, we just have leaders that kill everybody. Yeah, yeah Not exactly. people. Our people are good. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. It's so funny. You <laughs> fucking nailed that. Most of these were, were Citizen X, a notorious serial killer active between 1978 and 1986. Andre yeah, Chicolito is here. I want more about Citizen X. What the fuck? Maybe we're going to do one about him. I've never heard about that guy. Yeah. Andre Chikatilo, who was active in the same region as the Krasnodar killers, raped, killed, and partially dismembered and cannibalized more than 50 victims with little interference from Soviet authorities. According to Chikatilo, his evidence as a serial killer was directly related to Soviet policies in the 1930s and 40s, where his brother was killed and cannibalized by neighbors during Stalin's purge of the Ukraine and Das Basin in the years before World War II. Yeah, it's just like a fucking creepy ass area. Also, a lot of cannibals. cannibals. Yeah, it was just like a ne <laughs> <laughs> eaten by your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of a guy getting diddled by your neighbor. Yeah, but, but eaten. And that's like that's like the thirtieth guy to be eaten by yeah. the neighbor too. It's like, what is happening here? I guess it's something about the cold, man. Makes you want to eat people. Cold? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You never S see. Can't. Well, I guess. Maybe like in the Amazon or something, but that could Maybe. be like old weird racist like things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there are cannibalistic tribes over there, but what's it called? Jeffrey Dahmer, cannibal, lived in Milwaukee, gets pretty cold. Whoa, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there's something about cold and cannibals. I'm putting it together now. Yeah, you're probably just like, I just can't move anywhere. I'm just gonna eat my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna go to Safeway? <laughs> <laughs> Only when the Soviet Union began to open up politically and culturally, in, culturally in the late 1980s, was he pursued and caught. Prevention of state identity and reputation for both the perception of citizens and to the world continues in Russia. Yeah, Russia, they're like, hey, we don't want people to think we're violent. Yeah, we're not <laughs> creeps. Yeah. You have neighbors eating neighbors. Yeah. No, no, it's just it's in Russia. It's cold. Yeah. Also, people already think you're crazy. Yeah. So it's fine. And like, yeah, and what? What is? It's such a weird thing to be like. People can't know we have fucking cannibals here. It's like, yeah. What? Who, yeah. Who gives a fuck? I don't. I don't think anyone thinks. Well, maybe people are like. America, you know, baseball, apple pie, serial killers. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I just don't know how people perceive us. Admitting to any failure would be perceived as weakening the state, a Soviet trend that has returned under the rule of Vladimir Putin. Mm. The economic, economic and international importance of the Don region to Russia has been highlighted by their continuing efforts to pacify Islamic insurgents in the region, but also to the high priority placed on international events. Both the Winter Olympics in 2014 and the 2018 FIFA World Cup were held entirely or in large part in the region, this creepy-ass region. Yeah, right? 
During the run-up to the 2018 FIFA World Cup host country and city selection, Krasnodar was one of the top contenders, according occurring at the same time as the arrest in the initial investigation. Oh, so they're trying to also get the World Cup. Yeah. They're can- the cannibals running around in the World Cup. Whoa. Oh. I was wondering why he put in the World Cup shit. Yeah. You know, in the timeline? I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is this World Cup in here? And then it makes it absolutely makes sense. Well, so cool. Though no official accounts suggest that the two events were related, admitting a serial killer was or had been operating in the same area after hosting two major international events is precisely the kind of information that Russian authorities would not want to. Also, admit. you don't want to find out. You don't want to do like um, research on who's there. It's like they find out, oh, this is a international person yeah. who came here during that time and we allowed them to die. Like it's so much. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, if you had a serial killer on the loose in a town, too. Probably wouldn't want any shit to go on there. That's a good point. Ultimately, the closed trial and relative rapid investigation conducted with supervision from Moscow limits the concrete details that can be gleaned from this case. Most cannibals suffer severe emotional or physical trauma in childhood years, and though it can be difficult to identify cannibal suspects, there has been little explanation given through state media as to why Dimitri and Natalie became cannibals. Yes. Very little known is about their childhood, but like Andre Chikatilo, it can be assumed that some effects was made on the suspects by the difficult early years and saw the collapse of the Soviet Union. I think they had, like, a crazy famine and shit, like people were eating wallpaper. Yeah, I mean, neighbors were eating neighbors. They probably were living through some of that. Vladimir Nikolaev, a Russian serial killer active in the early 1990s, killed and dismembered victims and ordered cannibalize and sell their body parts as food in order to escape the rampant poverty and food shortage on post-Soviet Russia. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. I remember I saw something where they were, like, literally eating their... uh, Wallpaper. They were, or they're putting up money. They they use their their money was so worthless that they would just eat the money. That they would like eat the money. Yeah. Crazy. Such infamous and spectacular stories frequently make inter- international news, highlighting the limits of Russian economic development and the limits of power of the state. Damn. So all these people will just never find justice. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's the victims that are really. Yeah. But, you know, I, one thing I would say that's probably a good thing is that a lot of the times the serial killers want the notoriety. Right. And so if you're not giving it to them, I guess you're doing something good. Well, I think I think that the wanting the notoriety might be a distinctly American thing because it seems like Chikatilo, from what I know about Chikatilo, didn't really care. These t- guys didn't really care. Citizen X didn't really care because he stayed Citizen X. Right, that might be an American thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's my turn to be famous. Yeah, that might be that might be an, that might be a distinctly American thing. I could see that. You're right. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Russians want to be famous. No, it seems like a lot of this was just like, how do I survive the cold? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I get more vodka? Yeah, and I'm gonna sell meat pies. Yeah, to survive the cold. Yeah, so it's like I don't. I, yeah, this is like wow. This was a great one. Wow, I cannot. Well, you know what? I can't believe it. But yeah, still, it's very Russian. Yeah, it's like the most Russian. Story, damn. Uh, well, Zan, thanks for coming on. Tell the thanks people how me. they can. Uh, you got a great podcast. If you guys want to check that out, yeah, I have a Dangerous Brown podcast where uh, I read stuff and I go through it. So right now we're going through the Bible, doing that. That's gonna take a while, and then current events and stuff like that. I'm also gonna start Twitch streaming soon, so look out for that. Cool, man. Where can they find you on Instagram? You can find me on Instagram at Asan J Ahmad. That's E H S A N J A H M A D. Or just check out the Dangerous Brown podcast. We got a there. lot of great episodes coming up, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we're finally moving into the Comedy Store Studios, so we've talked about that. I'll have a bunch of big guests. Um, who else? Nah, you know what, man? Just keep looking out. We got some sick stuff coming. I got the whole history of the 18th Street Gang. That one was done by Dr. 
Joe Hoffswell. I've been waiting for that one. It's going to be probably a two or three episode one. It's almost 35 pages long. Oh, damn. Yeah, it goes through their uh, L.A. And we might do that next week if, uh, yeah, we'll probably do it next week. So, Hassan, thank you for coming on. This was one of my favorite episodes, buddy. You came with some great energy and some great laughs, and it's a great story. Thanks thank for coming you. in. Thank you for having me, guys. See ya.